Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Front Page 305. Welcome back to Front Page 305. I'm Manny Navarro, joined, as always, by my two cohorts, Walter Villa, Andre Fernandez. How you doing, boys? What up? Sipping my morning coffee. All's good with the world. <laughs> Navarro, you showed up about 30 seconds before showtime. Very, uh, very Hollywood. Very Hollywood. That's how I roll around here, man. No, I had uh, I had those Zoom meetings with the uh, Miami Hurricanes, and I wanted to get some questions in for Amari Carter and Jose Borregales, the kicker, uh, your former kicker there at FIU, Walter. <laughs> he's now uh, he's joined the dark side over here, at the University of Miami, and now he's uh, he's kicking butt, man. Did you see his fifty-seven yarder on on Saturday? He is balling. He had seventeen points in that game. He he played out of his mind. I mean, uh, four field goals. I think. The other ones were 48, 40, and 22 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And and then, of course, the 57-yarder, which tied a school record. And it still had yards to spare. By the way, we asked him on the Zoom call, what's the longest? David Ferrone is our friend from the Sun Sentinel. Uh, your, your racquetball partner there, Walter, asked him, what's the longest field goal you've ever made in practice? 70 yards. By I mean, the way. Guy's, this guy's going to be yeah, in the NFL, man. I used to hear those stories about him back at the high school level. He could hit that far. By the way, Miami has the two most badass kickers in the nation. Face mm. paint, tatted up, hard. I mean, the kicker-punter combination. Uh, two, two years ago, I guess, Miami couldn't punt to save its life. They had a legacy uh, player there, Mr. Fiegel's terrible. They fixed that problem. Then last year, they couldn't kick a field goal to save their life and wouldn't even attempt one beyond 30 yards. And now they've got, you know, the Aussie and uh, – you know, what I, you know what I want, though? I want those two to take people out on returns and, and like, really, <laughs> really show me that right there. Like, like we, we've seen the look, but now let's see. Like, I want to see these guys take some boys out on these on these punt and kickoff returns. By the way, Borgales, I was going to say, just to make uh, to, for, for Andre's point, because I know that people are like, they love that about kickers, right? Because Miami's had some kickers in the past who have taken out guys. Like, Michael Badgley used to uh, – Michael, guys, I think on returns and and yeah. Uh, yeah, Michael Badgley used to do like like Goldberg maneuvers. He used to spear people on punt returns. Wasn't it? Was he the one that used to do that? Like, yeah, they they've had so they actually have I think two punters in the NFL and a kicker now in the NFL. The Hurricanes. That's actually been one of their specialties. They've continued to like produce NFL players. I think three of them are punters and kickers. Who, who's the one that used to like spear people on a punt return? There was one highlight I remember. I'm trying to remember it, which it, kicker. Bosher, Matt Bosher, Bosher, Bosher. That's what yeah, it was. Matt Bosher used to another kill NFL I mean, guy. When you're when your kicker's one of your biggest badasses, that's why you usually go, you know, six and seven or seven and six. I think that's the problem. Hey, don't, uh, but, don't, hey, but this the, is a this, this seventeen. Team. These points, this guy, the Borigalis is giving you, are going to avoid six and seven this year. No doubt. Go ahead, Walter. You're going to say something. Well, I was going to say we have so few listeners. Okay, so very few that I've got a new tactic this week, guys. I'm actually taking mailbag. I, Manny, when you write for The Athletic, of course, we mentioned uh, Manny Duvall for The Athletic. I cover FIU for the Miami Herald. Andre is picking up gigs left and right lately. We'll talk about that in a second. But when we have so few listeners, I thought, Manny, when you do your mailbag for The Athletic, it's funny to me because these people are in witness protection program who write to you. They just say William V or Ed mm-hmm. S. They don't give their full names. But I'm going to do something yeah, different. I'm going to Right. But I'm going to give you a mailbag question. And I think this one, Manny, is uh, obviously, Andre, you can have your opinion on this one. But uh, it's right up Navarro's uh, Who's this alley. From? This is from this is from Jerry DePala, who covers the Pitt Panthers for the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. Good friend of mine. 
And he had a question. So he said, how good is Cameron Harris and where does he rank among ACC running backs? Before you give your opinion on this, I guess the guys in contention would be Travis, Travis ATN from Clemson, probably number one. JV and Hawkins look really good for, I'd say he's two. Then you get an area there where it could be Cameron, could be Michael Carter, UNC, Notre Dame. What do you, what do you guys think? Go ahead, Dre. You go first. Um, I, I can't argue with that order. I mean, at the end's the clear number one for me. I mean, Cameron Harris should be somewhere in there. I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe let's see a little more of this season before we put him very, very high. But I mean, I loved what he did last week, you know, and I, I really know more about Carter just because, you know, I, I know I did a little homework recently on, on the North Carolina Tar Heels uh, when I was trying mm-hmm. to get that job, but um, I know he's, <laughs> he's coming off a great season. Yeah. I mean, those are all names that, that, that should probably deserve some, some credit to be up there. I mean, I don't know too much about Hawkins to be honest with you, but I mean, I, I think, I think at the end's the clear number one. I think, I think there's five NFL running backs uh, right now, guys that are going to be, probably drafted i think cam harris is getting himself into the draft and i think that 75 yard touchdown run against louisville saturday where yes there was nobody out there on the on the right side of uh of, of louisville's defense which was a great play call uh by rhett lashley to, to bring the the cornerback over so they had no sort of second level help uh but the one thing that was impressive about that run is you had dbs that had an angle on him and they still couldn't stop him. And I think that's a credit to Cam Harris getting faster because last year there were times where he, he wasn't as fast. And Manny Diaz talked about that where, you know, he's getting into the second level and he's beating guys like to, to, to places, to spots. And, and that's breakaway speed is what NFL uh, GMs and, and, and scouts look for. They want the guy who can get away from the defense and finish the explosive play, not just get, you know, brought down. Well, look, it reminded me a little bit and sorry about this, Walter, but the way Raheem Mostert turned the corner this weekend and <laughs> just completely toasted the Jets defense on the first play. Unfortunately, he hurts his knee after that. But you're right. If Cam Harris can turn into that kind of a running back, I mean, look how prime that, that, look, look what a prime get a guy like him is for the 49ers right now. I mean, this wasn't a very hyped up running back, you know, I would think. I mean, and, and now he's one of the top backs in the league. I mean, he's in position if he can continue to, you know, to improve at all in all aspects where he could be a, a top pick. I, I like this kid Hawkins of what I saw. To me, he has that probably be a third down back in the NFL, but he has that wiggle, the speed, the moves. He's pretty electrifying. Cam Harris has been has been he's been very good. He's improved. He's really strong. I don't I don't really see a big NFL upside for him necessarily. Uh, but he's definitely even last year, Manny. You remember he had a lot of big runs that were called back. He was very unlucky. He had off, yeah, he had you know, a holding, holding penalties. Yeah, on a lot. He showed last year he could be ready for this. I think on the at least in the collegiate level, that's probably where he ranks. What do you think of the Notre Dame backs? Because they they also have a great offensive line, a much better line than Miami. You got to take that into consideration as well. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think ultimately it's funny. I, I had a conversation with Dan uh, Morgan over the weekend. He's, uh, of course, now one of the lead scouts in Buffalo. It's for a story that I'm working on uh, for later this week. And, you know, we talked just about, you know, guys at the collegiate level and what you look for, right? And I think it's always that next gear of terms of speed. It's always right. that who, who gets the second level and gets away. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, a lot of times – 
guys can hide behind great offensive lines in college, right? I mean, right. those Alabama running backs for years right. have dominated, and then they get to the NFL, and they're not as elite. Now you've got some guys that are beginning, like Josh Jacobs, for instance, sort of a perfect example I have on my fantasy team. Uh, he's a guy who was, hardly had any carries at Alabama, but yet he gets to the NFL, and he's the best back. Um, it's just it's just funny. It's hard to evaluate talent and, and to see how it projects at the next level because sometimes you don't get a clear enough picture of why a guy's having success. Yeah. But I think in Cameron Harris's case, I think a lot of it is what he, I mean, you can see there's a tangible level of improvement with him. Yes. In the way that he's running the football. And I think a lot of it just has to do with the work that he put in. He gained 10 pounds of muscle. He got his legs stronger. I mean, he's hitting the hole really, really hard. And and the one thing I like about him too is he's not just going down with arm tackles. Like he, it takes it takes an effort. Guys are diving at his knees to take him out. The yeah, thing about just, him though is that I don't I don't even know long term if he's going to be better than Jalen Knight because I I think Jalen Knight's the best back of the three that they they're using right now. That guy in open space, the little glimpses we've seen, and I know Andre saw him a lot in high school probably, mm-hmm. and many of you too. But when the little glimpse in college, he's electrifying. And he's got he's got skills that Cameron doesn't have. Cameron, to me, you know, strong, and he's shown. Yeah, he's got improved speed, but he doesn't have that wiggle that a Jalen Knighton has. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think many might have seen him more being you know living in Broward County, seeing him at Deerfield. But Broward. he had that extra gear from what we saw in those games with the Bucks. You know, every time, every time, the few times I saw him in high school, he definitely showed it. I don't know if they saw the same every time you saw him, Manny. Yeah, I, look, I don't know if this is Willis McGahee, Clinton Portis, and and Najee Davenport, right, back in the day when they had that ridiculous Some big shoes backfield. to fill. Yeah. Right, but I certainly think this is as good a trio as they've had back there in a while. Um, you know, Don Chaney Jr. didn't have a good game against Louisville, didn't see that pass right. thrown over his over his head, didn't even look up. Uh, <laughs> Knighton, meanwhile, knew how to catch the ball. He's Look, let's face it, Knighton is better at catching the ball out of the backfield because they threw the ball to him. I was going to say, I was gonna say at Belen, you're, you're, yeah, you're holding Chaney to uh, the wing tee offense. On, uh, right. Where he but didn't was he going to pass thrown to him like twice every three weeks? Or? Right, right. He no, saw but, punts, maybe, not passes. Yeah. But but he's but the one thing you saw with Knighton was that breakaway speed on that pattern. He got past the DB, and if he was looking up, he probably would have caught that ball and scored. So I think all three of those guys could be in the NFL. I think, you know, I don't know that they're number one you know, Josh Jacob type, you know, get every single carry. I think the NFL sort of changed anyway. It's kind of like, you know, two guys in the backfield. They kind of take turns. So I think there's opportunity for those guys. But look, Miami's got a team that's much improved from last year. They got Florida State this weekend. I think they're nine and a half point favorites. I just did a big breakdown for theathletic.com. I spent all night. I was up to about five in the morning just looking at stats and, and you know, doing analysis and all Man, that. You don't have to show off about your nightly routine. We know you stay up every day <laughs> till six. We know you're, know. we know you're there just you go, on, Dre. Give you it know. to him, Dre. Yeah. I appreciate that. It's that new feisty Dre. We've been we talking. Love, we love it you, is. buddy. The new love feisty it, buddy. Dre. Um, no, but uh, in all seriousness, I, I, I did a pretty in-depth breakdown, and I think Miami's going to blow them away this weekend. This Florida State team, not only is their head coach not going to be here to call plays, which he's that's primarily what they brought him in for, was mm-hmm. to be the play caller and to be the head coach. Um, I, it, I think this is just not a very talented Florida State team. You look at that's them right. offensively, they're two leading rushers. One of them's the backup quarterback who ran for 39 yards, and the other one's a running back who – uh, ran for 39 yards, who's not even really, I mean, his longest run against Georgia Tech was nine yards. Georgia Tech, meanwhile, just gave up 660 yards to UCF. So it's no. not like Georgia Tech has some ridiculous defense. Wait, 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 wait. That's the national, wait, hold on. That's the national champions. 
Uh, I'm sorry. I apologize. Respectful. Unofficial. Oh, unofficial. Well, yeah. one of those run, run, one of those guys that uh, I think had six for 39 was Jordan Travis. That's their backup quarterback right. who comes in the Wildcat, and he is very dangerous. Miami Hurricanes will definitely have him on the scouting report because that guy, that guy, to me, is their most dangerous runner, and they have their wide receiver Terry. But I, I agree with you, Manny. The talent is down. They're also injured. Their star safety is probably out. Their uh, best their offensive right lineman is a guy from FIU. Right. right he's tackle. probably out. Taylor. Right. Yeah. And the defensive lineman, Kando, he's questionable as well. So they're not that. And then, you know, the running back situation, as you mentioned, Cam Akers left to the NFL. Their offensive line has been in tatters. Uh, even even with saying all that, it's a rivalry game and they still have a lot of athletes and always something kind of scary for Miami. They beat them three times in a row. They'd like to make it four. But really, before we get on the next subject, I mean, Jerry DePaula out in Pittsburgh has got to be, when he listens to this podcast or this radio, maybe he's listening live, I don't know, but he's got to be thrilled. His question has been answered in such detail and depth. My goodness. Well, I like how I, Walt, Walter did all his homework on this matchup and still didn't have to stay up till five in the morning. Yeah, well, listen, he, wow. he, he, he just looks at a few stats but, and throws them out there. It's fine. But um, Walter does not have two kids at home. Manny wins. It's okay. Up until that point right there, up until that point right there, Andre's really taking name at you, Navarro. I know, no, I know. no, no. I'm defending him too. He's got to. He's got the two kids running around to, and hey. then they, those kids tend to stay up till three a.m. to run around him. Let's not forget. I'm also having to cover the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, that's that's another nice little uh, wait. You mean thing wait, 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 the, the team? The team? The team? I still sh- would be covering right now. Yes. If yeah, you were okay. here, damn it. Okay. <laughs> if you were still with the Athletic, these let's, guys. Let's just are, be clear. Uh, it wasn't by me that wanted to I know, back off. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I'm just. I'm just saying. That's why I haven't yeah. been sleeping much lately. But listen, um, okay. He the, the because of the pandemic, not because of anything he did. Andre lost a gig with the Athletic. But he's picking up gigs left and right. Let's let's start counting down. The Miami Heroes doing the podcast for them. Associated Press, he's over there at Marlins Park on the regular. Uh, now he picked up a major gig with Baseball America. Field level media, he's, I believe he's covering Alabama Crimson Tide uh, this week. You didn't know that, Manny. But uh, the man is everywhere right now. He's hustling. Yeah. Washington Post, too, right? Didn't they Washington pay you a Post boatload of money? Washington Post to go be there and watch the Nationals for a little bit, too. And, and – uh... Yeah, I mean, my, my dad, who we all know, you know, the famous accountant, fa- famous former accountant of the Miami Tropics, um, has already given and me Uncle these Luke. Stir- and Uncle Luke. And I Uncle get Luke. Yeah, story. please. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's, let's put this in the proper order. Uncle Luke and then the Miami Tropics uh, already gave me the stern warning. Oye, te van a llegar una pila de 1099 este año. Do the translation, right, for our... 1099s for people that don't know when you're not on a payroll and you get freelance money, like the great Walt V, the uh, journalism, you know, pimp. Right, that he is. Well, guys, what are we going to talk about in segment two? What are we going to... Do we Do we start talking about my World Series winning Marlins? Do we uh, dive into the uh, the 0-2 Dolphins? What What's coming up next? Well, I really like the Dolphins and the youth movement that got going at quarterback playing 57-year-old Fitzpatrick. Nice, nice move. When are they going to play two what are they waiting for? Tua. My boy Flo. Ronnie. Ronnie's waiting. He's being patient with uh <laughs> with, with good old Tua there. He's he's, he's what playing is... the games. He's playing the games in his head. You didn't hear that that or you know no quote last week. He's visualizing the game. He's not there yet. Eventually. Let's put Tua in the game, man. Let's can we can we create a petition? Hey, you look, know, to get Justin Herbert came in the other day. I know it was an emergency because Tyrod Taylor was hurt, but 
had a pretty good game against the defending world champions. Right. You know, that's it. That's Herbert's in, Burrow's in. When's Tua's turn? I think I think once he they feel like he won't get killed by the by the other team, right? I mean that's the whole thing. He's kind of like that prized possession that you just don't want anybody to destroy the first time they go out there, right? I I, I don't know, man. I think uh, to me, I, I was ready for Tua after I saw the first uh, three quarters against New England. Like I was exactly. just kind of like, Fitz Magic ran out, and uh, this season is uh, going exactly how I predicted. I think they're going to start 0 6, man. Why don't I just have the John Fresenda voice going, the prized possession of the Miami Dolphins was Tua. <laughs> and meanwhile, right, jo- Josh Allen, well, last point there, Manny. Josh Allen running over. I mean, I guess uh, Dre covered that game, and uh, I guess maybe he only ran once or twice, but the one highlight I saw, he ran over like two Dolphins players. And that's a guy looking better and better. Uh, he can yeah. run, and now he's showing that that big arm too. So mm-hmm. uh, it's time to see Tua. Agreed. Let's do it. Let's see him after the break. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Here's that song again. Yay. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today. Here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. To protect his home and family from disaster, Steve used courage, wisdom, and his camera phone. That should do it. Way to go, Steve. By simply taking digital pictures of his family's important documents, Steve can always have them stored safely online, no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking, I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I don't call know. him that, I call him Tunga Vailoa, whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tongo Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Flowers are beautiful, but they become even more so when carried by people who are committed to ending Alzheimer's. At the Alzheimer's Association Walk to End Alzheimer's, Hundreds of thousands carry different colored flowers, signifying their connections to the disease. And we walk so that one day, there will be a white flower for Alzheimer's first survivor. Slam Radio is more than just a radio station, but a family. It's so nice to know that you have a place where you can feel safe, where you can feel comfortable sharing your opinions and not be judged for what you feel like is right or is wrong. I'm very grateful that I've gotten this opportunity to be a part of something big, something historical. 
It taught me that not only that I matter, but that I have a voice. And the mentors we have here, like Frank the Tank and Amigo, make you love this amazing program even more. There are very few words that can describe Slam Radio. One word that definitely comes to mind is familia, family. We've been offered so many unique opportunities to be a part of something great. I will always be grateful to Slam Radio and everybody a part of Slam Radio. We are a family. They are my family and they will always continue to be my family and I will forever be thankful and I know they got my back just like I got theirs. I love being part of Slam Radio. Yo, this is K9, and you're listening to Slam Radio Series 6M 145. And now we're back with Front Page 305 on Series 6M 145 Slam Radio. Welcome back to Front Page 305. Randy Navarro of The Athletic here with you. Walter Villa, Andre Fernandez, three Miami sports writers, talking crap. It's the show. <laughs> Manny, speaking of crap, what the heck is buried behind you back there? That you I know everybody, yeah, everybody wants to see. That's the. Uh, I, I'm a married man with two children, uh, Dre and uh, and Walter. Yes, um, I know, I, we know that. But is there a cadaver back there? What do you, what do you have? <laughs> there's there's no cadaver. There is a collection of crap. Okay. I, I know you guys don't understand this. Is there a car tale. back there? No, there's a collection <laughs> of crap, like bottles, uh, not 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 like liquor bottles, but like baby <laughs> bottles, diapers, uh, all types of crap that has been there forever. And so instead of being embarrassed as we're as we're doing this here on camera <clears throat> with mm. all the crap that's just thrown around my house mm. constantly, I just said, forget it. I'm gonna grab a sheet. A bed yeah. sheet and just cover it all because I don't want people looking and saying, "Hey, what is that? What's behind mm. Manny?" Like I just did, like you just did, but it's fine. It's okay. It's uh, you know, I, I I'm sure most people have that they have children understand where I'm coming from. Why don't you? Why, why don't you hire that, yeah. a housekeeper, man? Although although I'm assuming it can't be too hot of a housekeeper, right? That wouldn't fly. But I mean, it have to. What would be the right. standard there? Um. Yeah, I would tend to think she would have to be over sixty years old. Um. <laughs> And and uh, probably wouldn't speak English is my guess. I don't right, know she'd have to look like Mrs. Doubtfire or something right. like that. And she'd have you know, to look like Doubtfire. Yeah. Joanna would say, "No, sorry, you're out. Too hot. Get out." <laughs> I love I love the fact, by the way, that I, that I'm so. My wife is literally calling me, asking me now what like right when we're about to start the show again. She's like, "What do you want in your salad?" And I said, uh, I don't want a salad. I don't want a salad right now, but uh, I thank you. I'll do it. I'll do one once we're wrapped up here. But it's this is the way it is, man. You guys like I'm so lucky. I feel like any any moment now you're going to have one of my kids coming through the door. Like they're just going to walk in here and daddy, you know, like that, that British uh, TV host the other uh, last year, whatever it was. All I know is if that blanket starts moving, I'm going to get scared. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. Speaking of. Ahead, I was going to say, I, I, I would love it for Olivia and uh, and and Jocelyn. They're very entertaining, especially uh, I, I got to give a little more props to Olivia. She makes me laugh probably a little bit more than Jocelyn, but uh, they would add a little more comedy. Although right now we don't need it. Dre's on fire in this episode today. He's, just, he's really uh, giving he you the business. The torch today. Olivia's, he the torch Olivia's future, Ronda Rousey. She's going to beat everyone's ass in the future. You know? <laughs> she is five years old, mean, mean as hell, mean green. And uh, uh, Jocelyn, by the way, Jocelyn just got glasses. She's nine years old. First time she's ever worn a, a pair of glasses 
Walt V, you can appreciate this being yes. uh, Mr. Magoo yourself. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, she. it's funny because you would think, like, as a kid, most people don't want to wear glasses, right? Like, it's right. always like, you, you, and you talked about that yesterday, Walt V, getting mm, picked yeah. on for wearing glasses and stuff. Yeah. But she's so proud. She is so proud, dude. Like, really? she's wearing these glasses all the time. <laughs> And I think it's just because it, she, you know, she thinks it's like an accessory now. It's weird. Mm. I wonder how, how how people have sort of changed over time. It is an, it uh, is an kids accessory. Today, I guess, and it don't make fun make, of. It is an accessory, and it does not make women look bad. <laughs> I, I know you're a big fan of that, uh, Dre. The glasses look. So she's gonna, Jossie's gonna, is she, she is Jocelyn gonna bedazzle it and put sparkles on it. Is that what she's uh, thinking about? They're very simple. They're very blue you know nice looking glasses her first set and she's very but she's very proud to wear them and i and i and i'm and i'm happy as a father because you always worry about your kids like you don't want them to be ashamed or right. embarrassed by anything right um you know so she looks great but uh but I, i'm just happy that she's taking that sort of attitude you know that's the guy who wore specs for almost like half, more than half of his life until about a year ago <laughs> you know right right yeah. well what was it like for you did you did you get picked on for wearing glasses yeah, well i mean i didn't i had them when I was a teenager and maybe not get picked on, but yeah, you do get a little self-conscious about it. I think, especially mm -hmm. at that age. I mean, when I got older, when I got in my twenties, I didn't give a crap anymore. I was just like, yeah, whatever. No, yeah. not picked on, but like I would say you, you get called espejuelito, you know, in Spanish or four eyes, you know, that type of stuff. It's just, it's just name, name calling. But uh, back to Jocelyn's glasses, she should be, you said they're blue. Shouldn't they, should, shouldn't they be green and orange? I mean, let's be real here. <laughs> no, listen, she loves the canes. She wears her canes t-shirts around the house. She, nice. uh, she, you know, I took her to practice when she was maybe one or two years old. Uh, and she wore a little cheerleader outfit and she wanted to be out there to, to, to see what it was like. And so she, she likes UM. I don't know that I'll ever be able to afford the tuition there, but uh, <laughs> certainly she can root from afar, like I probably, did for many it's probably years. Double, it's probably double what it was when I went there back in. It's like about fifty-two thousand a year, I think, is oh, uh, the last last I checked. Jesus. So, how much did you pay when you went there? It was like twenty-two thousand a year when 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 I went. And that was back in what two thousand? I graduated in 03. so yeah, you know, from from two thousand to to oh three. So, <laughs> speaking of oh three. Uh, let's transition back to sports. Uh, that's the last oh. time the Marlins made the playoffs. Wow! And we we may actually the, the magic and number is five, all. Dre, uh, and one and, and one at all. Right, the magic the, number is five. Magic number is five. Yep. Tell me, tell me about this team, man. Tell me what's happening. What's sort of cooking lately? I know Wall V had a very interesting conversation last week about why Miguel Rojas shouldn't bat seventh. What do well, you got for me this week, Drew? Before before you woke up at 10:30 p.m. last night to stay up till five, um, <laughs> they they kind of uh, blew their their tiny chance left to win the division, unfortunately, because they lost to the Braves. Who wants uh, to win the division anyway? That's not their winning formula. They right. go in as the wild card. Wild card. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they, mission accomplished. Now they're probably you know they have to be a wild card from the looks of it, and. No, you know, base running play, which was kind of interesting. The way they debated, was it a mistake by Monte Harrison being too aggressive? Or let's talk about that. Or, or, or was it the right call when he saw that the Braves' third baseman and shortstop came off the the bag there? And it, it was a play where every they all sort of converged at what was going on on first base. And Monte was at second base. He's he represented the tying run in the ninth inning. Took off. We know Monte is a blazer, and even they tracked his speed, and it was over his average speed and everything. So he did. In terms of that, he did everything right to die for third, but the Braves made the play, got the, you know, relayed the ball back to third. Dansby Swanson made a great tag. He's out, cleared the bases, 
that was it. Game over. They lose. And now the Braves pretty much, you know, it's a matter of time before they clinch. Andre, I got a call from one of our friend of the show, Santos Perez, last night, right at that, right after that happened. I rate, first of all, is I rate that Monte took that decision. You can't make an mm. out in that situation. And then even more irate that the Todd Hollinsworth and the Marlins announcers kind yeah. of homerish didn't criticize him at all. And then in the post game, Don Mattingly said, Oh, I loved it. I loved it. He should do that every time. I'm like, really? He got thrown out, dude. Well, and, well, yeah. Here's the thing before you, you go under his, <laughs> when, when he came around second base, he, um, Swanson was ahead of him. They weren't even, he wasn't mm -hmm. ahead of him. They were, if he were even, then I'll say he's going, he has momentum and he should beat him to the bag. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't think it was a good to, to round the base and be aggressive. But it, when he saw Swanson was alert, I think he should have slammed the brakes. And, yeah. and, and you're still in second base. You can still score on a single right there. I, I think it was a mistake. Yeah. And you have to be alert of the situation, too, I think. And, and you know, and it was interesting. I know you said uh, Hollinsworth said that. But then on the post game, both JPR and Sevilla and Gabby yeah. both said the same thing. Like, you know, in a situation like that, you have to be a little more judicious about taking a risk and that sort of thing. I mean, look, he's he's a rookie. He's still learning. But we know he's an aggressive player, too. And he probably felt confident in his speed and said, screw it. I'm going to go for it. But. Now, look, I mean, it cost them the game. I mean, maybe they don't win the division anyway, but you are still in a playoff race. You can't take for granted that you're in already. They haven't clinched anything yet and still have a pretty tough five games or, sorry, six games left. By the way, you mentioned Gabby Sanchez. <clears throat> he had a funny line there when he was talking about it. He says, oh, yeah, I had great speed when I played. I did this type of play all the time, which, of course, he didn't. And the other thing I want to say about Gabby, and I'll bring Manny back in on this, is we we haven't been able, because we're not that big time, we haven't had Gabby Sanchez on our show, but we had the next best thing. We had a podcast with his wife, uh, Judy Irwin, or Judy Irwin Sanchez, however she wants to be known. And uh, Manny, tell the people where they can uh, listen to that podcast, because that was pretty fun. Well, if you follow us on Twitter at Gepasa305 or front page 305, we, we went bilingual with Twitter accounts. Um, you can <laughs> you can see that we put up links to our podcast. We put, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We got eight, eight different uh, places that host our podcast, front page 305. And you can hear uh, our interview with Judy, who worked with us at the Miami Herald uh, several years ago, many years ago and uh, met Gabby, I think, while he was still playing baseball at the University of Miami. So we had a fun interview with her talking about players' wives and cat fights behind the scenes <laughs> and uh, just what it's like to, to be married to a professional athlete, what happens when you're the wife and you see the you know another a teammate bring the quote-unquote girlfriend around, what kind of things <laughs> go on with that. Uh, yeah, Gabby's a very interesting player. I actually knew this small story for you guys. I grew up in West Kendall. Uh, my dad played high school baseball with Gabby's father at Coral Park in the oh, 1970s. Wow. And then, um, you know, th that family owned a, sh a store uh, off of Miller and like 137th and that little shopping mall right there. Yeah. And it was a, a pro sports. It was uh, basically a place where you mm. could go and buy like baseball equipment or anything. Pro sports, yeah. I used to go down there all the time to buy baseball cards, just to buy baseball cards yeah. when I was a kid growing up. So I remember Gabby manning the store, literally seven, eight years old. He's behind the no counter. I'm funny. like, I'm like two or three years older than him, handing him a dollar bill. You know, like give me two tops wax packs, nineteen eighty five. Tops, and that's, 
And that's kind of what our life was like growing up. Oh, you know, right. I knew Gabby back then. And now to see him married to a beautiful woman like Judy, who, you know, Major League Baseball All-Star, he's living the life I wanted to live. I wanted to be the, <laughs> the All-Star first baseman for the Marlins and the TV broadcaster. So, hey, listen, one of us got our uh, our dreams come true. The other guy's uh, doing a show with YouTube goons. Hey. So, yeah. <laughs> It's funny because we do. The, I've I've known these gentlemen and gentlemen with quotes for you know more than two decades, and then I do this radio show with you guys, and I still find out new stories. Like when when Manny told his hilarious story about Obama, I'm this story about Gabby. There's there's still more to learn about you guys. Who knew? Well, well Manny, you get. You, I don't know if Walter remembers this or we've ever told him, but Manny and I met each other without even really actually meeting, but we were side by side and kind of maybe just gave each other like a Wait. look or whatever. Well, is this we at a, like, wait, wait, is this at a urinal again, like the Obama story, or no, is this no, different? No, 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 no. <laughs> Way more innocent than, than than something like that. But no, Manny, you remember the the farm store that we used to go play arcade games? We we're probably like playing side by side there. Yeah, we were great. like ten years old. Didn't even know each other before we actually met at the Herald, like eight, nine years later. Yeah, Dre grew up uh, really in the heart of Miami. I mean, uh, what what's the uh, address there? Uh, it, God, was Cor- it was it was it's gone now, but it was Coral Way and and. And like right by us one. So, right. you know, like near, if anybody knows the old Casola's pizzeria, it was like a few minutes from there. Yeah. I mean, basically I would spend weekends at my grandmother's house because my grandmother lived, I think literally about four blocks away from where Dre grew up. And so I, I would, you know, my parents would leave me there uh, and, and I would spend the night on Saturday, play some tennis and, and basketball, with my grandfather. And then, you know, he would take me to this farm stores Every now and then, where I, guess what? I'd go buy more baseball cards. That's what I was doing as a kid. Right. What a nerd! And and uh, and so and so I'd walk in there, and I remember this arcade, like this little arcade, Excite Bike, Excite Bike, yep, the old Nintendo game. And I would walk in there with my fifty cents and play two games. He'd give no, me the fifty cents. I play that. There were there were two there were two arcades always set up, and they changed over the years. But for a while, they would stick with the one. So Excite Bike was the one you and I both played. And so Dre next I, to it, everyone ignored, which was the Goonies. Right. And and it's funny, like all these years later, Dre and I are talking. I mean, this is literally decades after this happened. Yeah, this is at the Herald one day when we were bored, you know. And we and no we clerks. figured out, we figured out, like, oh my God, I lived, I lived like my grandmother lives there close to where you live. Yeah, no, you're kidding me. I used to go to that farm store to play. And it was like one of those moments where we're like, oh my God, we 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 probably ran. And I remember there were kids. kids that would come play, right. like and they would play at the arcade right next to you, but you know, you wouldn't talk to them because you didn't know them. How many times that we probably were like side by side there playing that shit? That's the waiting. We were, you were probably that annoying kid who wouldn't get off the machine when I was probably... there waiting. <laughs> Abuelo, este muchacho no se mueve. Right. I, I, w- I was your editor. I was probably waiting for something for you guys to write, and you were talking about Goonies and arcade games. And now I understand why <laughs> shit never got to me. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. The, we haven't even talked about the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. I think we're going to save that for the last segment. We have a segment left. Do we have anything left on the Dolphins? Do we have any final thoughts? I mean, at 0-2, is there any reason <laughs> to uh, care? They play Thursday night against the Jaguars. What? Uh, I mean, this right. season, is it lost? Are we ready to throw in the keys and say, forget it, it's over? Well, if Minshew and company beat them, then I think so. I mean, looking at the schedule coming after that, I mean, what do they have? Seattle, San Fran, the Rams. I mean, there's always the Jets. Yeah, those will be the two wins. 
I said three wins uh, before the season. You you think I'm right on that uh, prediction, or do you think no, that I still think they win more than that? I think they, I think it's similar to last season. They maybe they they they'll get better as the year goes on. Things will click better. They, it, they're not a train wreck like they were at the beginning of last season. They, you've seen some positives there. I think they win five, six, who knows, maybe seven. But playoff team, I mean, unless something drastic changes, or or who knows if Tua comes in and lights the world on fire and, and things get going. I t- from the beginning, I didn't. That was a segment we did call outlandish predictions. I, I never thought it was that outlandish to predict. I, I I'm with you, Manny. I don't think I don't think this is a very good football team. I think, um, I mean they're they're better than at the end of at the start of last year. Yes, but they also they got to figure out what their future. I mean, I just don't see the upside at some point of keep continue to play Fitzy as fun as he is, and he he's productive and he's good enough to get you beat always. I just think they need to see what they have yeah. at, at quarterback. And I mean, it just, everything to me comes back to that because when you look at it, the running game, have they improved that? They went out and got two running backs. They're not giving, they're giving the carries to another guy to Gaskin. Yeah. They even acquire. Uh, so what are they doing there? Um, wide receiver, yeah, Devonte Parker, the tight end looked good. Um, Gasicki had a really yeah. nice game, one handed catch. And, and, and so they have a good tight end and have a good receiver. Uh, defensively, they had a big injury with uh, with Byron Jones going down. Um, you know, and, and they spent all that money the Jaguars game from the looks of it too. So right. So I, I don't know until I see the quarterback play actual NFL games. We know what he did in college. Let's go already. I mean, when when correct me if I'm wrong. When they when they drafted Tannehill, he played immediately, right? Uh, I think it, <clears throat> I think it took him a couple games before they really put him in there, but. Uh, I, I don't know. I doesn't remember that. That one didn't work out either. Well, it was this time last year that he, myself included, where it was writing in the athletic how they needed to turn it over to Rosen to see if they could actually get anything out of him, and they did right. in week three in Dallas. So, let's yeah, see you this week. And, and Tannehill, remember, was a converted wide receiver. He came to college as a as a wide receiver, and so I think I think the value is in playing these guys. So. Um, you know, I think that's where they need to they need to go sooner rather than later. I mean, if, if they think they're a contender in this in this division, I, th- I think they're wrong. All right. Well, listen, I got a body to move uh, that's right behind me. I got to take care of that during the break. But wait, uh, wait, that cr- that crease wasn't there before. Wait, no. When we when we come back, we'll uh, we'll tackle the heat. We'll tackle the Celtics and uh, we'll talk uh, probably about somebody's glasses. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Here's that song again. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today. Here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. To protect his home and family from disaster, Steve used courage, wisdom, and his camera phone. That should do it. Way to go, Steve! By simply taking digital pictures of his family's important documents, Steve can always have them stored safely online, no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll be fine with him. 
but I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It does. You I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Flowers are beautiful, but they become even more so when carried by people who are committed to ending Alzheimer's. At the Alzheimer's Association Walk to End Alzheimer's, hundreds of thousands carry different colored flowers signifying their connections to the disease. And we walk so that one day, there will be a white flower for Alzheimer's first survivor. Slam Radio is more than just a radio station, but a family. It's so nice to know that you have a place where you can feel safe, where you can feel comfortable sharing your opinions and not be judged for what you feel like is right or is wrong. I'm very grateful that I've gotten this opportunity to be a part of something big, something historical. It taught me that not only that I matter, but that I have a voice. And the mentors we have here, like Frank the Tank and Amigo, make you love this amazing program even more. There are very few words that can describe Slam Radio. One word that definitely comes to mind is familia, family. We've been offered so many unique opportunities to be a part of something great. I will always be grateful to Slam Radio and everybody a part of Slam Radio. We are a family. They are my family and they will always continue to be my family and I will forever be thankful and I know they got my back just like I got theirs. I love being part of Slam Radio. Yo, this is K9 and you're listening to Slam Radio Series 6M 145. And now we're back with Front Page 305 on Series 6M 145 Slam Radio. Welcome back to Front Page 305. I'm Manny Navarro, sports writer for The Athletic, covered the Miami Hurricanes, and now the Miami Heat during these Eastern Conference Finals. Thanks, Dre. Appreciate that. It wasn't my <laughs> choice. I know. Sure. I know. I know. Um, so, guys, I'm looking at a story here in The Athletic by all of our basketball nerd writers. It's a roundtable. <laughs> Well, that's Celtics what, that's what they refer to themselves as. It's not an That's insult. actually what they refer to. Yes, Walter. They actually call themselves basketball nerds, which is which is funny. I like it. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, will the Celtics or Heat seize control of the Eastern Conference Finals? We know game four is Wednesday night. They're having a three-day or four-day break between games here, it feels like. Um, the number one question, will, will – um, has the momentum swung in this series, guys, I guess? Is that – what do you what do you think's happened at, in, in game three? And do you think the Celtics now have control of the series? Yes. And I think Gordon Hayward was part of that. What the intriguing part to me is this this vacation that the NBA suddenly decided to take in between game three and four. Who's that who is that gonna affect? Because my concern was Miami was gonna jump out three-nothing and then lose all their steam with this three-day break. But now do they have time to adjust? Does it give Spo and company time to work a few things out? I mean, but but looking at the series. 
they've fallen behind by double digits in every game and had to like claw their way back and win twice to their yeah. credit. But at the same time, I mean, if you pick the team that is, is down on the scoreboard right now, two to one, but it's kind of dominated a big portion of the series. It's the Celtics. So. Walter has nothing to add to this conversation. He's just looking at us, staring you know, blankly. I just see a cap and headphones. I don't see anything else right now. Right. <laughs> no, I feel like I hog up the mic so much. I'm letting Andre finish his point and not interrupting for once. But no, no, no I mean, that was it. Yeah, yeah. They, well, I mean, your your questions you asked did they did they lose momentum? Yeah, of course. When you lose a game, you lose momentum. But I don't I don't think they've they've lost control of their series. They're still up two to one. I was just actually, while I was listening to Dre, I was reading what Butler had to say and talking about that same thing about uh, falling behind. They can't continue to fall behind, but they're fine. I picked the, I picked the heat in seven. I was the only one on the planet to do so. I, I stick with yeah. that prediction, at least on this radio show, the only one on this planet. Uh, okay. I do like, by the way, on this quote here, there's a quote and they talk about Udonis Haslam, but they don't mention his name. They, they say, there's nothing that OG can say. I love that they just call him OG original gangster and just say OG and leave it at that. Or no explanation, just OG. That's Gotta it. love that. Manny, I mean, you, you've got <clears throat> connections. When are we going to have OG on this show? That would be awesome. Uh, you know, Udonis and I love to talk Canes football, and he's a huge Canes football fan, of course, growing go. up in the city. And I, I got to ask him, you know, once this little run is over, I don't know if this is going to be his last year or not for real, if he's really going to retire, just, you know, Pat Riley's going to keep him on the payroll forever. But, you know, OG, <laughs> he, he's welcome to come on the show whenever he wants, man. And I, I'm, you know what? I might turn him into my new Hurricanes analyst. Maybe that's what I got to do. Wait Have him second. come on to talk Canes and Dolphins uh, in retirement and, and just chat us up every single week during the football season. What do you think of that? I think if that doesn't get us listeners, nothing will. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, OG has a whole uh, the whole community on in his uh, hip mm -hmm. pocket. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I got to say about this series, I picked Boston to win in five. I, I think they've been in control the whole time, and I think you know Miami has basically taken them out of the game late with their with their zone defense, and Boston has kind of let those leads slip away with some really poor execution. I think what what hurts the Celtics more than every anything when I watch that series is. You know, I, you can talk about Kemba Walker being an all-star. You can talk about Jason Tatum being an all-star and how talented they are and, and all the guys, the big three that they have that average 20 points a game, uh, Jalen Brown being the third guy. I, I don't see a Jimmy Butler on that team. I don't see anybody with a killer instinct that right. really is, is going to lead that team to a championship. So I, I think, you know, the Celtics are going to come back and win this series because they've got more talent than Miami. What? But – they do. They just, they have a more talented team. They have better players. I mean, Miami's players, I mean, Bam Adebayo is the only thing that they don't have. They don't have a guy that talented in the paint. But you just but said they have a butler. Hmm? Right. Right. Just well, I mean, I'm talking about a butler in terms of I know, the killer I know what you mean. I'm just very, yeah. yeah I, I don't think they have that quality. The killer in instinct, of, the killer instinct in the clutch butler. Yeah. Right. Right. And I think, you know, for Miami, the, the difference in the series is, is Bam, you know, he's, he is the best, paint player in the series no question he dominates the paint he stopped you know had the big block at the end of game one caught all those alley-oops in game two mm. but that only takes you so far and I think you know if Miami's going to win this series it's really going to come down to can they disrupt Boston's flow and, and you know Gordon Hayward came in in game uh, three and I think he definitely had an impact they, they played a lot less zone uh, because mm. of that and I think you know you, you look at the final result uh, that wasn't even close. Game 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 three was a blowout, and it basically was what yeah. game one and game two were with, without 
the heat comebacks and, and Boston yeah. wilting. So Ty Tyler made it look closer than it really was at the end of three. So, right. Right. I think uh, in the end, you know, Boston's going to emerge, which kills me because I'd love to see the heat advance, but to me, it raises the bigger question. Now that we've seen the heat in this playoff run, assuming Boston comes back and they lose in the Eastern conference finals, what's the next chess move for Pat Riley? Because it's yeah. obvious, even if Miami advances, they're not going to beat the Lakers. Nobody's going to beat the Lakers with Anthony Davis and LeBron James playing the way that they're playing right now. Um, the Celtics certainly won't. They don't have, you know, the, the personnel, I think, that, that, that Jimmy Butler guy that they need to take over and dominate games. So if you're Pat Riley and you're looking at this roster, what do you do? What do you do to what – what is it that you need ultimately? Is it Joel Embiid? Is it uh, Bradley Beal? What puts this team over the top and wins them a championship? This is hilarious to me because this is episode number 13 since we started this Four, little 14. adventure. You're, you're always one behind. All right. 14. Episode 14. And right. you've been dismissing the heat for 14 consecutive weeks. You can't wait to get to the conversation of what do they do next. It started 14 weeks ago when you said the Greek freak, they got to get the Greek freak here. And then a few weeks later it goes, I don't think even the Greek freak can even play on this team. <laughs> so you would just let's well, they're all ahead I, two to one. They're ahead two to one in this series. You just can't wait to to talk about what's next. Enjoy this right now when they're winning. You got to be next level thinker, Walter. I mean, if we live <laughs> in the moment all the time, we'd have no show. We'd have no podcast. And I mean, the go heat, ahead. And the, and the Heat wouldn't have had the success that they've had over the years because you know that they're thinking ahead even now. Like there's, you know, they're they're thinking about right now. But Pat Riley's got on his mind. He hasn't is, is always had on his mind what, who he's going to try to get next. Well, that is and, true. But it, but I was talking about Manny Navarro's line where he wanted the Greek freak, and then all of a sudden says, you know what, the Greek well, freak. I don't think he's he can not play heat on material. This team. Well, I don't, I, I mean, in the end, I think we all kind of felt like, is he really going to leave Milwaukee, you know? And I think, uh, you know, we, we're sort of accustomed to superstars just wanting to go to the big markets, right? Like Milwaukee's mm. not a big market. I mean, they sell bratwurst and beer there. I mean, the cheese. I mean, what? So and they, don't, and they don't have salads for you up there. And they don't have salads, right. Um, so I think, I don't know. I just think he's going to stick there, though, in the end, because he can make $50 million extra there, and they're going to probably do everything they can to, to make the roster better around him. But as far as Miami's concerned, it's like you do have to start thinking about, well, what puts you over the top? Because to me, even if they win this series against the Celtics, if the Celtics wilt and, and you know, Eric Spolster coaches his ass off yet again and figures out another way to win two more games, I, I think – they're not the talent is going to win out. You're not going to beat the Lakers in the finals. You're just not. I mean, did you see what Anthony Davis is doing to people in that, in, in that series? Kobe. I mean, and that's a team with, with Jokic and, and Murray who have been balling in these playoffs. I mean, it, yeah. it's just to me, Kobe. You, you can win a game or two, right? You love the Kobe shout out after that game winner the other night from Anthony Davis. But I just think, you know, you look at the series and you, and you look at this heat team like, it's obvious there's still one more chess move to be made. And that's all I'm saying. I think, I guess what I've learned about this team is I'm not sure if Bradley Beal fits them better and puts them over the top because I look at Bradley Beal and I say, is it offense that they're missing? Is it, uh, you know, what is it that's going to put them over the top that's really going to create problems? Is it Joel Embiid? Can you imagine what it would be like for, for the Lakers to have to deal with Joel Embiid I, I think it's probably Embiid because you need somebody in the post with all that size that the Lakers have and they're going to have that team again next year you know that they're going to have it for the next few years if you're going to beat the Lakers and somebody's going to dethrone them uh, after they win the championship this year it, it's got to be with somebody with size so who do you give up for the do you give up Tyler Hero to get Embiid what do you do and well that's what I was about to get at is 
do you make a move that does not cost you some of your young players or do you, or do you take the chance and do the trade that is going to cost you? Because like you said, you mentioned Embiid, Beal, the same thing. Do you want to move a guy like Tyler Hero now after what you've seen no. in these playoffs? I definitely do not. And I still would not probably want to move some of the younger pieces but if you, I can avoid but you it. you got to give up something to get something. True. And that's what I'm saying. Do you Is it worth risking that and moving a piece as valuable as it seems like he's going to be just to get that run that and again no. to get that run that's going to be maybe a limited run too you know whereas if heroes here he could be here for a long time but not only that is if there's there could be a double cost i hate the double cost uh navarro you know if you're uh sometimes when you're shopping for a furniture in columbia say the double cost i don't like the double cost okay that's an inside joke but i don't like a double cost for example there could be a cost in terms of personnel and then there's also double cost of the salary cap implications and I see Manny laughing back there. Um, so, so be careful what you wish for. Sometimes that type of deal doesn't work out. If you if you can get somebody just a free agency and it just costs you a salary cap, it doesn't cost you talent in addition. Um, look, we all pretend uh, that we know exactly what's going to happen. Nobody had uh, Denver Nuggets beating LA Clippers, for example. Not even Jonathan Rodriguez. Uh, our NBA expert who was a, 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 a guest on our podcast. And so let's, let's see this play right. out. Nobody had the heat winning this. I think, I think they're going to get to the Lakers. I'll agree with you. I'll agree with you there that if that happens, if it is Miami, LA, there, there'll be, um, you know, major underdogs, but just be careful what you wish for in, in giving up a bunch of young assets uh, for that one piece that you think automatically is going to get you there. But I think you have to think like Pat Riley too, and and we got a minute left in the show. We got to we got to wrap this up. But I think I think yeah, we only got a minute left. We're minute man. Um, I think if you're Pat Riley, he's looking at the situation <laughs> like right. now more than ever. What do we do? What do we do to win a championship? You know, like what do we do to to get over the top? Because he's tasted it now. He's like, we're in the final four. We're right there in his eyes. What does it take? I don't think Pat Riley sits on his hands. I think he tries to trade for a superstar this summer. For the last minute, why don't we get Frankie, our, Frank Fernandez, our, our producer well, you're, you're, here. You're, you're, just, you're just killed me and Frank. No, you destroyed me. You want me to talk now after Manny just dropped that bomb on me? What are you doing to me? Yeah. You're the guy that had the heat from, from, from months ago. You had the heat in the NBA finals. Oh, they're still in the finals. I don't know what you're talking about. They're still in the finals. They're just going to do it in six. That's it. They're still in the finals. There you go. All right, but are they beating the Lakers, Frankie? They are... N- they're going to beat the Lakers. I'm going to be the homer and say they're going to beat the Lakers. Wow. I want all the smoke from LeBron because it's apparent that LeBron doesn't want any smoke. Meanwhile, behind you. Hey, hey, your boss knows the truth. He's your been boss is shaking time, his head. <laughs> Get out of my room. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. I just, I just I wouldn't trade Tyler Hero. Problem. That's all. I, I, I'm with you. I, I don't want to either, but you got to get something to get something. Yeah. See ya. The views and opinions expressed on Front Page 305 are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio. The views and opinions expressed on Front Page 305 are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.